Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. This is Ken, your RV navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And once again, we are talking to you from our at-home studio where I am convalescing from tendon surgery and we are hiding out, <laughs> staying out of the way out of, from all of you who are RVing in the beautiful summertime. I would feel more sorry for myself that I'm not able to RV at the what? moment, but we don't usually RV in the summer anyway because we like where we live, and this is the best time to be there. But we're very heartened at your recovery. Yeah, it's it was hard to know what to expect, and I, let's, let's kind of I still don't know what to expect. I had a bone spur on my heel that grew into my Achilles tendon, <laughs> which painful. shredded it at every step that I took. And for three years, I tried to avoid surgery, but May 9th, I finally had surgery. And from what I read, the recovery is purported to take six to eight months, which sounded like a really long time. But we didn't schedule anything for that kind of time. To be on my keister. But after three weeks in a hard cast, I have begun walking initially with a hard walking boot, but more recently with with my feet. Um, (laughs) The only problem right now is that uh, I am still swollen and there are very few shoes that I can wear and the incision on the back of my heel is still healing and so I can't wear any sandals with straps on the back. So I'm very much restricted as to footwear but it feels so good to be able to walk around at a reduced pace but still I am able to do everything around the house that I want to do and the other day we drove out to visit the motorhome and I took a few loads of things <sighs> back inside. It wasn't beautiful, but I got myself in and out of there. And so I am very optimistic for the future. And your husband has been very attentive. Yes. Are you glad Are you glad to be finished with your nursing duties? Well, I'm glad when we go to the doctor and he says... Get out of here. <laughs> well, you're complete, he said, you, the, the last visit, he said, you're completely healed. You can do what you want. But if there's pain, then you need to kind of keep it... Uh, Casual, so you. So I, I'm very heartened by this, and that means that we can make plans. Can go camping. We again. can we can put that motor home to use. It's sitting there depreciating, and we don't need that. But lest you think I'm some kind of a miracle, I am still going to physical therapy, yeah, yeah. and I'm not well, walking normally. But I think at this point the improvement will be very gradual, kind of like watching grass grow. But the fact that we can go camping again and resume our and normal walk life up and down the stairs and is, do the things is very exciting. Right, and you don't have any AIDS anymore? No, no assistive devices. Um, you I went from a scooter to a walker to a cane. She's it, not a fairly old lady. She fairly rapidly. Using a cane. Fairly rapidly. Yes, yes. And the PT has been good too. Yeah, I'm the, I'm a real big. And fan. now it's kind of just breaking the joints loose and getting it back into its normal. From from what I understand, when your muscle is immobilized for so long, it kind of atrophies, and so it just doesn't want to go there. Right. And so I have to do a lot of stretching. <clears throat> so this is the. July 4th edition of the RV Navigator 2017. And by the beginning of next month, we have a little RV trip planned um, less than two hours from our home. Which we did last night. Which which we planned very poorly and that it will be over the time period when you usually put up the next podcast. So um, usually we have long trips we're in the middle of where where that's a challenge, but we're going to be at the Indiana Dunes. We'll see how you do. Oh. With the, the, those adverse conditions, uh, Wi-Fi wise, but well, in the meantime, well, we also made another. But that's not an RV trip. No, but that's a. Are you going to watch the eclipse? We're kind of ho hum yawn about it, but we have some friends that are <laughs> eclipse f- fanatics, and ecstatic about it, who post almost daily on Facebook as if there was something else to say. So we're going to drive five hours. It is coming through the southern part of Illinois, which is where we live. And um, 
many places I read about, especially camping places, you had to have a reservation for five days well, to stay Oregon there. Or places like that. When the eclipse itself lasts about two and a half minutes, if I have it correct. Two minutes and 20 seconds. So uh, we found a, a hotel that was quite affordable, as hotels in southern Illinois are, that is not right where the eclipse is, but we can get up in the morning and drive. And why don't we have one right where the eclipse is? What? Because they were full. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we are kind of late in getting this eclipse uh, started. And you would never find Southern Illinois, every hotel, We're every hotel out. packed and uh, and without a possibility of a reservation uh, except for this one event. And as I'm looking out the window right now, I'm seeing rain and clouds, and I'm hoping that... <laughs> That we haven't squandered our $75 hotel reservation. And, of course, the eclipse is going to encompass a wide swath of the United States. And so, as I just mentioned, some of our friends out in Oregon are going to be out there watching the eclipse. And we will be here in Illinois. And you can go all the way down through South Carolina, I think. There's a map on the way. It goes through Charleston. This is on August 21st. At one twenty p.m. Local time. Local, well, for us. For us. For other people who knows what it is. This is going to be an exciting event, and we will be reporting to you live. If we're not too no, busy we're not yawning. we're reporting live. <laughs> Whoever said that. We'll be busy, if we're not too busy yawning. Uh, well, people make it sound like it's a life-altering experience, and you would hate to miss out. Two minutes and 20 seconds of darkness. <laughs> Shut your eyes. <laughs> Why am I doing this? <laughs> I don't even think I'll take any pictures. Because we haven't been traveling in a long time and you're yeah. feeling itchy. You're right. That's, that's I am it. too. And the July 4th is going to come and go and we're not going to go anyplace. No. We might not even see fireworks. I don't know. Well, we, we be... could make a small effort to, to see fireworks. However, I'm very heartened by your recovery and we are anxious to get back on the road again. As a matter of fact, it looks like we're going to be leaving after Labor Day because you have recovered well enough. Well well enough. And so I'll be done can, with all my therapies. Because right now I would say you're probably 40% of normal. Yeah, probably. Thinking. Yeah. Which is sounds like not a lot, but it actually gives you a lot of flexibility well, compared to where you were. spend time with crutches and one foot. Right. This feels wonderful. And, of course, you're pretty much pain-free. <laughs> I have been pretty much pain-free. In the foot, for, in the foot department. Yeah. Um, I took heavy-duty pills for three days, and since then I haven't had to take much of anything for this. It's so because I'm, amazing. I've been home an awful lot. I had an opportunity to <laughs> watch the Apple keynote where they introduced uh, lots of new products at the beginning of June, and I couldn't resist. You always watch the Apple keynote. Well, when I'm not home, I can't. You do then, too. <laughs> I try, uh, but I've many times missed it, and I was very excited about the new 10.5-inch iPad, and, of course, I ordered it on the day that it was introduced, and it has arrived. Just in case they ran out. The old iPad is 9.7 inches, so the bigger screen. But I'm really, really looking for a device that will allow me to just take the iPad and not take a laptop on our trips. It's kind of inconvenient to take to have to take both. And I think even more exciting than the new iPad was the new operating system, OS 11, which is going to be introduced, well, which was introduced at the Worldwide Developers Conference, but will be available for free uh, in the fall. This is going to uh, make a major difference because they've made some major changes to the operating system. One is, is that there's going to be a file system so that you can look at the files as you would with a computer. That's going to make a tremendous difference. And they've introduced some brand new apps which make photo editing possible. Because one of the problems that I've had in the past is, is that I couldn't really edit my photos, especially the raw photos that I take. and On an iPad. On an iPad, right. And I had a hard time getting them into the iPad and the hard time managing them once they were there. The new iPad, which I ordered, was 512 megabytes, gigabytes rather, so that it's got plenty of space. On a trip, we'll usually shoot mm, 200-ish gigabytes of, of pictures so this way I can keep all my pictures on the on the iPad and maybe not take a laptop. 
certainly it would make it and the screen more feasible for suitcase trips. And in the right. RV, we right. still can. Oh yeah, in the RV, wise, but, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm talking about suitcase trips, and we have several of those planned, planned. for the not too distant future. So, uh, if you are looking at or need a new iPad, you might want to take a look at the new iPad Pro, the small one. Uh, it's actually physically almost exactly the same size as the old one. Of course. I had to buy a new case because it was a quarter of an inch bigger. Thank Am you, I Apple. getting hand-me-downs? Oh. <laughs> but to get a uh, 20% bigger screen, and it is a beautiful screen, more GPU power, more horsepower in the engine, in, in the, the processor, so that... This is a one hell of a powerful uh, iPad and or tablet, and it looks like it's going to be a laptop killer. So we're going to see as soon as the OS comes out exactly what uh, I can do with it. I've been out taking pictures. Now, are there Android-type products that rival this? I don't think there's anything as nearly as powerful. And Android has the same sort of problems with the file structure that the ios does so i don't know but i would doubt it <laughs> someone uh, will let you know if, someone will if let you're me know wrong. i'm sure as everybody knows the um retail shopping experience in the united states and maybe the world has been evolving very quickly these last 10 15 yeah. years mostly thanks to amazon certainly in our neck of the woods we have i think we talked about this 9000 new jobs being created by amazon warehouses yeah, right. um, it's incredible. our area was not very strong in the retail shopping area anyway but certainly areas that were have seen well, we are huge um, in the warehousing <laughs> have seen the shuttering of many stores and so it, it, everything seems to be in a real state of shaking out and changing right now and certainly one of the things that is unappealing about going into a sticks and bricks store is having to stand in line um, and we were very excited to see the amazon store that was created where you could just walk through it and they would follow you around and you would just check out and not have to go through the clerks so now this technology has spread to our local sam store and to your stamp sam store too Everywhere? Everywhere. Uh -huh. That's what they said. Uh -huh. So I walked into Sam's one day, and there was a guy there touting the new Sam's app. And so I said, okay. And he said, this will allow you to shop in Sam's and not have to check out through the standard checkout. I said, whoa. And so they installed it, and you attach a credit card to it, of course. And it's got bar code scanning on it, which works amazingly well. And I bought a wide variety of things from produce to hard goods. <laughs> you hold the app up to the barcode, and it snaps it, keeps a total, and when you're ready to leave, you just drive out. Well, with, <laughs> with those card. with those stores, there's always a checking person at the doorway, right. and you mark that you're ready to check out, and it makes like a barcode for them to scan right. so that they know that you have indeed purchased all the items that you have in your cart. The only thing that wasn't clear to me because we didn't test it was sometimes I pick something up and then I see something better how you um, and how to take it back off because we we didn't have a big load of stuff and we scanned it all at the end it would be more efficient to scan as you go but you could scan as you go or yeah. you can scan at the end just you just step out of the way and just ch -ch 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 -ch, mm -hmm. scan all the items Work very and well. it also works for getting into sam's you don't have to so you don't need your card at all anymore you walk in you show them the barcode did you buy uh, gas with it too no i don't uh, that's interesting i don't know if the gas i don't know how the gas works mm -hmm. Though. We'll let you know. The gas at Sam's wasn't particularly cheap, so I didn't uh, go to Sam's. So I wonder if Costco has this enough. We haven't been to Costco since. We have not been to Costco since, since my since surgery. Since, since trying this out, so since my surgery. If you have a Sam's nearby, you might want to give this a try with your phone, and I assume it's uh, iOS and Android. So yeah, it should be. It should be everything available. Now, internet. Uh, as I read the the message boards. Having internet is a key to having good travel. And we certainly have uh, struggled with uh, mobile internet over the years. And as most of you know, we recently got rid of our satellite dish um, in January. A beloved dinosaur. We replaced our, our satellite dish with just a TV satellite dish, uh, which has worked fine. But... 
we were then left without a for sure internet. And besides we, our cell phone, and we have been looking around and looking around. And I think I talked last month about getting a Mobley, and I was, which is an AT and T product, which is supposedly mobile internet for your car, but they also allowed you to have kind of a standalone device, which they unofficially don't recognize, but it seems to work okay. So. I was looking and looking and looking for the Mobley. I was looking before last month, and I couldn't find one because AT&T wouldn't, didn't sell them. Most of the clerks in the stores acted like they never heard of they it. They have never had any idea about this. So finally I broke down and I bought the Canadian Mobley <laughs> from a place in Montana. Anyway, but that was through Amazon. So, uh, And it was about half again as expensive as buying it from AT&T directly. And... It came uh, in due time. Uh, I took it down to the AT&T store because you have to buy a SIM for this guy. I took it down to the AT&T store right locally, and they said, oh, that's a Mobley, and here's what you do, and we'll give you a SIM, and we set up your account. And it was it worked out faster than I would have expected. I mean, it took less than 20 minutes for me to set up the account and to have my Mobley all ready to go. So the Mobley is from AT&T, allows unlimited internet for $20 a month. To a point. Well, not really. It's un, it's Isn't un, it something with the traffic management? There's or? management, but that's only if your cell towers are busy. So we have... Now we've tried out the Mobley, and we've had it now for a month or so. And I, you do have a $25 setup charge, but other than that, no contract and $20 a month. So that's a really good deal. I was a little afraid because it's old technology that the Mobley would be slow. But uh, And I probably, by standard 4G measurements, it is slow. But it is in the 6 to 10 megabits a second range, which I think is very reasonable and allows some sort of streaming. Uh, If you take a look at our website today, I'm going to put up on it a chart, which I got from Consumer Reports, that shows you how much bandwidth you need for different projects. And of course, the most data-intensive project or app that you can use is one that uh, is 4K video. And they say that for 4K video, you, video, you need 18 or megabits a second. So the Mobley won't handle that, but almost other all the other streaming types of activities that you want to do, it will handle. And that's very encouraging. The Mobley doesn't allow extra antennas, has no ports on it. So <laughs> if you're a little bit uh, technophobic, and who would that be? Me. <laughs> Your te- tech. I notice you're not chiming in here. Keep it simple. The Mobley does not even have a power switch. When it's plugged in, it's on. And when it's not plugged in, and of course it's designed to plug into the family car, the car, so that when the ignition's on, it's on. But you have to buy, and I would recommend that you buy the USB power cord, which has a Mobley plug on the other end. And then you plug that into USB. I bought uh, I, I bought the 110 volt power supply, but I don't think I'm going to have to use it because every place we go, there's there's USB, and the USB one allows me then to plug it into a battery, you know, one of these portable batteries that everybody carries to recharge their phones and and things like that. And the battery that I was using got 48 hours of the Mobley ran for 48 hours without uh, a problem. You can hook up, hook up 10 devices to the Mobley. Um, so it really... Does it use up power faster if you're using it more? Hmm, good question. I would think so. I would think so it's too. Because it's active, but... A lot Even of your, if you reduce that by by fifty percent, it's still a decent amount of time. A lot of your test was passive, right? It was just sitting there. Well, uh, we, I, no. Well, we were using it. I was using it full time. Mm-hmm. I was using it for all my my web surfing and things. And this is at our house. And I'm now taking it on a trip uh, to Ohio, and it worked uh, just as well there. It worked well in the car, so we were we've been very happy with the Mobley. So if you are looking for an internet solution, that's better than your local camp offering well or in addition to your local campsites so this is cellular data now as everybody knows we have the wi-fi rogue on the roof which handles uh, amplifying the wi-fi that we would find in a campground so that's 
uh, now helpful. So with these two things, we hope we, were, we will be in good shape. Well, we're only in good shape when we have AT&T signals, right? Right, right. Because there have been parts of the country where we have not. Right. Well, and where you, have, where you don't have Wi-Fi, too. So we were very excited to read... That we could diversify. That we could diversify, right. And we were going to take advantage of, rather, the FMCA deal where they came out with, at the beginning of this month, they came out with a... It was too good to be true. But FMCA is a very highly respected organization. And they came out and they said, if you are an FMCA member, you can get an, a Verizon hotspot for... Uh, $50 a month with unlimited data. Now, if you get a, a Verizon hotspot, and the reason why I haven't gotten a Verizon hotspot is because they limit it to 10, 10 gigabytes. This was unlimited, 25 gigabytes, and then managed after 25. The hotspots that you buy when you buy the MiFi hotspots, they are limited to 10, and they throttle you after 10. So that's a major limitation in 10. I don't know. To add it on to our current account is probably not all that feasible. Affordable. To get unlimited data, which they were advertising this FMCA plan as, and you got the MiFi for free. That's a $200 gizmo for free. I'm tantalizing you with this, you understand, <laughs> listeners. Even though you can't have it, and neither can we. Yeah, the the deal was too good to be true. I signed, I called FMCA, I got signed up on their website, I was all ready to get it, and Verizon pulled Reneged. out. I cannot believe this. This really irritates me that Verizon would renege on their... They, the, so nobody is getting any uh, of these hotspots. The deal is off. And this was uh, an independent program so that anybody could get it, regardless of whether you had Verizon as your cell phone carrier or not. So thank you, FMCA, for trying to put this deal together. Sorry it didn't work out. And on the pretense of getting that service, I was going. I bought a new router for the motorhome. So now you don't need it? Well, it'll come in handy. It's a, it's a more powerful router. And these days, if your router doesn't have AC connectivity, uh, then you need to probably look at getting a new router. Why? Because it's faster, and you know it'll handle this 18 gigabytes if you do, ever do get <laughs> streaming with your uh, high-definition 4K. You're puzzled? Yeah. Why? Because to me, AC is just the electric current. Ah, well, this is the new Wi-Fi wireless standard. It's the latest. It has nothing Wi-Fi, to do with... 802.11... No, no, it has nothing to do with... No, no. Well, it's AC. Well, but it's in a different context. You're ambiguous. <laughs> Okay, so this has nothing to do with the plug-in power. Here I am at the furthest reaches of my intellectual capability to understand electricity, and you throw in a red herring. A red herring. 802.11 comes in at, which is the standard for Wi-Fi, comes in with different uh, specifications and different speed maximums. I used to think that the 11... 802.11b, which is what started the whole trend, came in at 11 megabits a second. And I thought, wow, I'll never saturate that. But now, with even with the mobile I saturate, I could easily saturate that. And at home here, where I have 90 megabits a second, the Wi-Fi is able to keep up with that. So why have high-speed wireless coming into your, into your RV or your home and then not be able to distribute it at high speed? And you're not distributing it at high speed unless you have... 802.11 AC standard on your router. Routers need to be updated every once in a while. Anyway, so I bought a PepWave router that would accept the MiFi hotspot, and you could plug it in using USB, and it would supplement the Wi-Fi that was coming in over the Wi-Fi Rogue. But now we're not going to have it. So now we just have the Rogue. And I'm not sure how the Mobly will be able to connect up to it because it has no wires. Mm. I, there, there is a way to use it as WAN, but I don't know exactly what it is. So we have some configuring to do in the not-too-distant future. Last year at this time, we had a couple of visitors who came by and showed us their brand-new motorhomes. And Mark and Sarah were... Brand new to RVing, and we were shocked that they would go buy a brand new 43-foot motorhome and never having had one and just drive it off to Washington. And I think 
And to be full-timers in it. Right, to be full-timers in it. So we thought maybe it would be a good time a year later to call them up and see how they are doing uh, with this major lifestyle change and <laughs> and all the newness of being RVers. So uh, we haven't done one of these uh, long-distance interviews before. Of course, before they were right here in our house, and so we could easily do the interview. But we did this through FaceTime. We've done that before. Uh, not with FaceTime. Oh. So I bought a FaceTime recording app. We called them up and said, hey, what's going on out there? And they wiggled their lips and we couldn't hear what they were saying. <laughs> and then they started writing on a notepad because they couldn't hear what we were saying. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. But then uh, we did get it to work after, it after a couple tries. The sound is not perfect. We're sorry about that. But uh, I recorded it directly off the computer, and that's the way they the sound was. 2, they were 2,000 miles away. Well, not only that, but they were working off of a, a cell phone Internet connection, which maybe wasn't the best of connections. Ours, of course, was hardwired, so we know that that was an excellent connection. But uh, that's the, the price you pay for getting information. So if you are new to RVing, here's somebody who is new to RVing but has one year of experience, and here's what they did for a year. We're very happy to, to welcome back. And to hear the end of the story. And to hear, well, not the end, but a in-progress report. So Mark and Sarah, take it away. We want to welcome Sarah and Mark, who uh, we will remember from interviewing last year. They came to Napanee, yeah. Indiana. Yeah. Take delivery of their brand new Dutch Star. Uh, they had never driven a motorhome before, so this was an exciting opportunity for them to delve off into the RV lifestyle. And we have not really spoken with them since, so it's nice to uh, do this FaceTime interview with you two guys. Um, you're out in Washington. And we are here back in Illinois, where we are stuck for the summer. Tell us a little bit about the, how the trip home was, <laughs> your first driving experience. You were going to driving school, as I recall. That's the last time we saw you. That's right, yeah. And uh, thanks again for getting us uh, underway with your hospitality and That's some last-minute shopping. And we, uh, after we left you, after that uh, ending casino, we went up to Savage, Minnesota, where we had scheduled a two-day driving school. Yeah, and uh, we uh, got uh, parked. It was an incredibly tight uh, <laughs> RV park, but uh, we got in there. So we did the uh, first day of a two-day driving school, and at the end of the day, he said, uh, uh, the "Instructor said, well, let me show you how to uh, do a little bit of safety inspection on your front end before you take off." I was in the driver's seat and had the wheel cranked over to the left, and he went through his routine about doing a visual inspection and running your hand over the tire and. Sarah came in and I went out and she cranked it over to the right and he was pointing out the same things. And then at the end, he said, running his hand over the tire and he said, oh, look, you've got uneven tire wear on here. And we, uh, uh, and it was almost down to the wear bar on the tire. Even uh, and this was with 500 miles on it or something? <laughs> about 800 miles, yeah. <laughs> Immediately got on the phone and scheduled, you know, talked to uh, Newmar and, and Freightliner, and they scheduled a uh, send to a Freightliner shop uh, that very afternoon. Well, went in, and they confirmed the obvious that it was out of alignment. I think we had an EGR valve or sensor that was bad that they replaced at the same time, too. And then we uh, went back to the uh, RV park, and then the next morning we went to the, got the alignment done on it. But the alignment shop didn't know about comfort drive so they I just head back over to the freightliner shop and much to my chagrin freightliner shop didn't know that much about comfort drive so they totally screwed things up on there so we were safe enough to take off and so I got on the phone with uh, with freightliner again and said you know I want to go somewhere else so we ended up going up to Fargo North Dakota uh, and on that trip, we got to experience what it would be like to not have comfort drive because we pulled the fuses uh -huh. out of the, uh, that controls the comfort drive. As stiff as driving an old uh, yeah. 1950s uh, pickup truck well, or something. 
So we we survived that trauma and had a, a pretty uh, uneventful trip back. We we're definitely it's one of those repositioning trips. We we're putting on lots of miles, and because Sarah had to get back, whack. but we did get to experience some good, uh, a few nice campgrounds and uh, coming back. And one of the things I was a little bit nervous about, as far as learning, it was uh, doing steep mountain grades, yeah. and uh, that totally alleviated all my concerns because it was. Uh, the engine brake on these things is pretty impressive to be able to just, uh, I hardly touch the brakes going down. I just kind of kept it kind of in that uh, same gear as I went up in and just kind of kept it slow and right. it, uh, it amazingly well. So that was a good confidence builder. We've done a number of them since then. So we feel much more confident about that. You had a campground ready for you when you uh, arrived in your home base? Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice park. It's a, uh, uh, kind of a no frills park but it has good separation between the units and green space lots of trees uh, not too many trees that we can't get satellite yeah. once we got back we uh we were settling into getting finished equipping and outfitting and and uh sarah leveraged uh martha's great instructions on uh how to store and uh organize and take advantage of every little nook and cranny and the, 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 the stuff it method. I've got it down pat. Good, good. So you're full-timers, but you're not full-time traveling. That's a good way of putting it, which is a little bit different uh, because I retired at the first of the year. Right. And uh, so I'm a stay-at-home husband. Uh, like I was. Easing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> easing uh, Sarah's burden because, uh, you know, she has a, a nice dinner on the table uh, when she gets home from work and the laundry's done. I'm, <laughs> I'm a uh, thoroughly domesticated male. <laughs> And Sarah, you retire yeah. in the next year? Yes, May 2018. <laughs> so I'm, I'm on the countdown clock now, yeah. less than a year. That's the good news. Yeah. So uh, you guys did a lot of research before you bought. How did that work out? I'd say that the vast majority of things that we researched and our understandings at a, at a kind of a general level were fantastic. I mean, we benefited so much from the IRV2 mm -hmm. uh, community. And then just conversations with people. There was definitely some surprises. I, mean, I guess for an example of that is that having not owned a coach before, my paradigm about a vehicle was, you know, going to a, like an auto dealership where they're one-stop shopping. They do everything and understand everything there. Right. You know, coaches are kind of an amalgam of all sorts of different things that are, right. you know, Freightliner chassis and Cummins <laughs> engine. I hadn't thought about it. It's, it's very different than a car from that aspect. If trouble you take it to one place you have trouble with the chassis you take it to another place in that trouble way it's more like a thick built house yeah yes yeah yes. That's, that's a good analogy well one lesson learned too on the freightliner when we went back for a one-year warranty i'm step, stepping ahead a little bit but um the freightliner did tell us there that oasis certified freightliner dealers are the ones you want to look for who are familiar with rvs oh that's learned their lesson on that uh -huh. so he said when you call their 1-800 number to find the nearest freightliner ask for oasis certified freightliner dealers uh-huh and they're not all equal if you use that rv service review app or website then uh, you'll find kind of a mixed bag of results people have had so your first driving experience, did you feel that you were prepared for that and, and that it's fairly easy to drive or did you find some problems? Wind and, well, you said about the mountains, that was okay, but other things? I, I was probably the most hesitant about driving these things. And so when I was driving by fire, having not had any training, um, I was presently surprised how I quickly felt comfortable with it. What um, we did, though, learn from the RV driving schools, little tips and tricks, which I recommend people do. We did a second follow-up to the drive, RV driving school because we couldn't complete it in Savage, Minnesota when we got stuck with the oh. uh, issue. But we went to Bellingham and did one with Lauren Walsh, who is actually the um, person who did the uh, DVD uh, driving your RV like a pro. Mm -hmm. So he us downtown Bellingham, Ooh. drove us through streets, um, roundabouts, narrow uh, windy roads, and narrow uh, residential areas. And he said, I'm going to take you to every place you might have a problem with, and you will have had experience at least once. That's a good idea. So, 
it was really great. Each one of us got an hour and a half of driving with him um, doing the same course, and it was very helpful. Even though we'd had, what, six months of experience by that time, it still, um, there were some things that we learned. How about maintenance tips? Uh, a couple things. Uh, you mean through that driving school? Well, that plus a general overall RV. Oh, the one thing that research doesn't really provide, you've got to, you know, experience that pain your first, <laughs> the first time and move through it. And we've, uh, you know, as you've pointed out to your other listeners and advised them, that, that the advice that we didn't take about uh, not buying new <laughs> is uh, we, uh, you know, you're, you're working all the bugs out in that first year and uh, other, you know, with buying used, somebody's hopefully have already done that, but uh, it hasn't been too bad. I mean, all of our issues other than the front end alignment have been, um, on the coach side and nothing to do with the workmanship of Numar. It's, you know, they're subject to their vendors that supply things. Like we, uh, went through five different, uh, motors. We have the powered, uh, remote controlled, uh, day night shades, yeah. uh, MCD shades. And we had five motors fail <laughs> wow. in the first four or five months on that. But we'd probably just get the manual shades. There's not that many of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Just get up and, and pull them down or up as you need it. I, I, the convenience factor is nice to be able to have them all up and all down at the same time, but the, the inconvenience factor outweighed that yeah. <laughs> yeah. when they didn't work. We had to replace yeah. them once, too. So, yeah. Every, yeah. yeah. An issue with that. Uh, how about things like hoses and connections? And Well, we haven't had the flying wastewater hose yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> In the rival checklist that we have and the departure checklist we had a five or mark created a five-page document wow. we haven't pulled it out since we've used it a couple times so <laughs> we've learned that the, the only faux pas that we had were like um, little things that we always could recover from like forgot to turn the power back on after you check to make sure the power is um correct with our um surge protector, surge protector and then we forget to turn it back on we get in and say wow there's no power oh we got to turn it back on yeah mm-hmm. But it's it's amazing that kind of the diversity of hookups at different RV parks, just how different they all are. Well, and how far they are away from you, and you're right, the the, the configuration is always interesting. They're never the same. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> the one here, the park that we're here, the power, the, the power connector is on a post uh, 10 feet high. <laughs> you know, what's that? They've yeah. got this little step to get up there. Like, really? What's that for? First, what's first we get, where's the power connector? And I look. What's that step for? And I look up on the pole. I say, oh, it's up on the pole. What were they thinking? <laughs> I, think it's, I think we're in a floodplain here. They had to have the uh, box up above, uh, oh. above the ground. Yeah, but at, I hopefully we'll be gone by the time it floods. So I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be helping. I was just looking in this last month, and there have been in South Carolina, they had RVs that were floating down the river. Oh, I know. That's terrible. Boy. Well, we almost experienced that. So maybe the next step is when we went back for our one-year warranty check, uh-huh. we came back during the time when there was those massive floods in Missouri. Oh. So we we missed them, but yeah. uh, we stayed at the stayed at one, one, one RV park in St. Charles, Missouri, and, and it was just raining crazy the whole day, and you could see all the flooding on the Mississippi and everything coming through there, and... Um, Pulled in this one park, uh, Sundermeyer RV Park in St. Charles, and and I don't, you know checked in, paid for it, and I said, God, I was amazed at the flooding around here. And said, Is there any chance that you know that you guys are at risk here? Yeah. And he said, Oh, the, the river is only within three feet of the of the levee or the dike. And I said, Oh, well, where where's the dike? He said, Oh, it's on the other side of the park. Uh, <laughs> we better not stay long here. <laughs> Well, one thing I wondered about when we first met you is it seemed like with your plan, there was a significant gap between getting out of a more spacious home and getting into an RV before you could actually do any travel. And as a person who's lucky to have a home and an RV, to me, the tight quarters of the RV are remedied by the fact that I'm traveling and doing cool stuff. Uh, Would you have done it the same way again, timing-wise? Well, I think, you know, everybody's situations are different. I think, you know, kind of from, we had some pretty stringent 
financial goals and objectives that were drivers for us. I think that that kind of was a big driver for when we, we bought. And I think that probably wouldn't have changed. I think there is kind of this, like we said, this awkward stage of being full-time but not traveling full-time. I think that's a great way of putting it, Ken. And, you know, we, we get out once a month at least uh, because, we you know, these diesel engines like to be operated, not sit around yeah. endlessly. And it gets kind of breaks up. Uh, you know, the monotony, you know, feeling like a permanent resident in an RV park. And again, it's just more experience building and confidence building and getting out in different situations and different road conditions. Yeah, and, and re- reinforcing those good habits that you started with the driving school. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Well, I, I think, too, Martha, to your point of downsizing, um, it was helpful for us to do it in stages because having a big house and all this stuff, that's a stressful in and of itself. And it took us a while. I mean, it was probably a year prep to get to that point. Yeah. And then we downsized to the point where we could live in a like a little one-bedroom apartment, save some money until we could get that rig. And then that transition from the apartment to to the rig was so much easier. Having it in two phases like that worked better for us. Hmm. But I think you know, that's one thing we were always kind of curious about is just how adapting to living in a confined space. Yep. Surprisingly, it hadn't, we noticed it, but it's, it hasn't been a deal killer killer in any sense. And, and in some ways, it's kind of nice to be able to reach everything from one place. I'm kind of a glasses half full type of person, so I you, you haven't missed all those things that would that a big house offers, like a, a, a shop and stuff. My shop is a little bit of a still. <laughs> I haven't got to go over and use a friend's shop recently uh, to do a couple little um, RV modification things. But uh, I, I think the focus is different now. The focus is on travel and exploration, and there's a lot of trip planning that goes in with that. I mean, Mark spends a lot of time with our even our monthly trips, getting ready for that, figuring out where we want to go and what's the park going to be like. Um, do we want to do more of a boondocking experience or more of a lecture experience or just kind of a local getaway for the weekend kind of experience? Um, all those things play into that mode. And so I haven't missed, for me, it was the yeah. garden. I experienced that through other people's mm-hmm. parks and gardens. And, uh-huh. and, and now I have to maintain it. <laughs> It looks like you've been to some really great places uh, looking at your Facebook page. I looked at uh, oh, yeah. some great campsites and things. So so where have you been in the last year? Well, I think uh, actually we were anticipating that question. <laughs> <laughs> we wrote it down. <laughs> we, we, uh, you know, I think some highlight ones, and we could go in more detail, but kind of on the return trip from Napanee last year after we left you guys, you know, the yeah. uh, we stayed great place a uh, red tail trail campground in Medora, north dakota is real pretty it's kind of in the mountains and quite uh, visible i don't think i have any pictures of that on facebook and then the uh, fairmont rv park in montana was nice and then uh, around Coeur d'Alene, uh, idaho the there's the uh, blackwell island rv park that was uh, it's close enough to town we ended up because we, we didn't have our towed uh, car at that point so we were able to grab a uber and go out for a nice dinner there really and, uber yeah Oh, Uber, Uber, yeah, in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So there's there's an option for people who don't have a toad. Just do an Uber yeah. once you get someplace. Yeah. More viable these days. With the driver. Yeah. Somebody driving. Yeah. 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 He came to the park, picked us up, and took us out to where we wanted to eat. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So I think in an urban area or near an yeah. urban area, you don't want to have to mess with taking your car into town. Uh, that's a good option to think about. Yeah. So many of our listeners talk to us about, I don't want to get a big 45-foot motorhome because I can't find campsites near, you know, in the scenic places that I, I want to go. Is this experience? I mean, I'm listening to where you've been, and you've been to some really nice scenic places, and you have a foot motorhome with a toad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So is this, no, I think, has this been an inordinate problem for you? I wouldn't say so. I think uh, you go. It, t- it takes more planning. Uh, no, it just takes more planning, I think. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, Google Earth is your friend because uh, you can measure the the length of a, a right. pad. You can't really tell how level it is. <laughs> I think we're definitely limited, but I don't think totally limited. And I think, it, you know, you just have to seek out those places and, Wherever we want to go, that there's a campground that'll accommodate us. Yeah, yeah, and it might not be in the state park or in the national park, but nearby. Um, so we haven't had that dismay about that not being in the national park. In fact, 
that may be to our advantage because yeah. we can get around a little bit better and not worry about um, trying to drive uh, those smaller rigs because yeah. you don't have a toad. That would be my sense also. Mm-hmm. And how's the toad worked out? Easy. Oh. <laughs> well, there's a story there. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if, well, you probably never, well, well, some we'll of our pictures, there's uh we uh, at the time when we bought our coach that we had left when we, you know, here start in Washington. Kirk Gowdy, yeah, we uh, we had a Subaru XV Crosstrek manual transmission, so it was flat mobile. Yeah, um, and we were traveling back from our Napanee trip this year. We had stopped at a rest area. Sarah was driving, pulled out, and we heard this clunk, 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 and you know, just within a matter of a few feet. And I said, we looked at each other, and she. I said, well, pull forward a little bit more and see if it does it again. It didn't. 2020 hindsight, we should have gotten out. And, uh, Pay attention that, to noises. Yeah. That that acronym, goal, get out and look, is, <laughs> is, uh, is good advice. Pulled out on to get on the interstate again when she flipped the turn indicator off and could look in the, you know, she's checking to see if the toad was still there. And it was smoking like crazy and uh, kind of going sideways. Oh. And so she immediately pulled over. And I jumped out and ran back, and, you know, it was the smell of burning rubber, and I looked down on the ground, and there was oil on the ground, and uh, pouring lungs, out. yeah, pouring out, and then I opened the hood, and there was flames down there. Flames? <laughs> oh, my. Flames. Yeah. Ah. I ran back inside, got the fire extinguisher, put it out, were able to tow it to Kansas City on the on the coach, because it's you know, about an hour, an hour away, oh, yeah. we're about 100 miles out. We, uh, the engine was just totally melted down inside. Somehow or another, it dropped into reverse somehow or another. I've oh, no. Super dealer um, had never seen an engine so bad. I think it's going to be there. Their, they took it out, and they'll probably use it as an example of so until- look what happens when it goes into reverse while you're towing it. <laughs> But you know, you always wonder about insurance in cases like this. Purchased our insurance through FMCA uh, for both the toad and the car, and you know, obviously had comprehensive on the car. And uh, we, uh, they stepped up and uh, covered. Uh, they did had a really great settlement on it. Uh, it was pretty reasonable turnaround. I think it took about three or four weeks to get the final check on it and uh, so we uh have no longer part of the subaru subaru family we're uh we're now towing a 2014 honda crv excuse me honda crv so it all turned out for the uh, oh yeah. yeah 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 it turned out for the best one thing i wanted to ask you i can't remember specifically anymore but i remember when you chose your coach you made some fairly significant modifications on what it normally came with i think you yes and put in shelves and are you mm-hmm. decisions you made in that regard yeah no, I, uh, everything worked out really well for that you remember that we did that one uh, designed a custom cabinet that was right. across from our recliners that uh, had grander plans for more involved you know i'm an audiophile and i had plans for kind of a uh, do some custom speakers and we kind of you know stores the storage is a premium so uh you know it's all about compromise and so we that kind of went to the wayside and I bought some really nice uh, high-end uh, headphones, so I just if I want to listen to good music, I just have my cans on. <laughs> but uh, a lot of the other stuff we did inside is uh, well, uh, thanks to you guys and your uh, we and sitting in your Lambright chairs at your house. We uh-huh. when we got back to Washington last year, we went down to a local uh, RV place that, that custom ordered some uh, with a custom selection of the fabrics and Lambright chairs, and we love those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the focus of this of our RV life lately has been our internet because we got rid of our satellite. So, what are you doing for internet? Well, we have one of the, the things I had Newmar do uh, in their service department when we before we picked the coach up. I had uh, two uh, rooftop antennas put on. They're the low profile. They're called a Mobile Mark brand. Uh-huh. One six wire and the other one's a uh, three wire. I use them with. Uh, we have a cradle point router. Is it a MIMO antenna? Uh, yes. Uh, has uh, two uh, two LTE and three Wi-Fi as WAN uh, oh. and one GPS on the six wire. Okay. And then the reason I got two is that the router has two embedded modems on it. Uh, one is an AT and T and one is a Verizon. We currently only have a Verizon SIM in it right now, but it's worked out really well for us. But your Verizon, are you limited to the ten gigabyte that they usually have for their hotspots? No. Uh, oh. They haven't seen me on that because I've, I've, I've 
was I watched my usage and I, we're kind of usually about 60 gigs a month on that. And uh, uh, I keep, you know, as I get over uh, 10 or whatever it is. Is it a SIM card that's used for a hotspot? It'd be just like what you'd put in your phone. Oh, it's a phone hotspot. Yeah, it's a, oh. yeah, yeah. So we actually have a data line. It's an actual number assigned to it. Uh-huh. So that, uh, that is unlimited then. That's an interesting idea. Because I haven't, I, you know, throughout the month, once I get over 30, is what the RN Limited plan is that they can throttle you back. I do uh, speed tests on it above that a few times a month, and I haven't noticed any, uh, notice that. If they don't, if they don't, well, manage it or throttle it, that's... Oh. Yeah, they, they haven't, yeah. yeah. What kind of speeds are you getting? Uh, on a good day, it's, uh, you know, maybe 15 to 20. Uh-huh. Uh, I think uh, the take-home message for us and your listeners is that uh, we have no regrets, and uh, it's not for everybody, but uh, if you do your homework and think it through and it seems appealing, yeah. don't have to go for it. It's worth it. The people the people, and the places you meet are just uh, yeah. worth it totally. Yeah, we're always pleasantly surprised at the RV community. The people there that are part of it are wonderful. Yes, we agree. Yeah. All right. We will uh, call it a day. Thanks very much for the interview. We appreciate uh, chatting with you, and uh, we hope to see you in the not-too-distant future at a camp. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye now. Goodbye. It was fun to talk to them again and, and hear how, how things turned out and exactly. the plans that they had made and what they have accomplished in, in the years since we saw them last. So I think that will kind of end it up for this month. Uh, it's been an exciting month, and we have lots of Fourth of July plans. We do. No, it was <laughs> We're sitting home. an exciting month, sitting around, <laughs> watching the grass grow. But we might be at a campground okay. near you next month. Next month in no, August, beginning of August. Yeah, yeah, the beginning of August. Yeah, and we will be looking forward to making exciting new trips and doing the podcast from remote locations in the not too distant future. And no more whining and complaining about. <laughs> <laughs> the failures of my body. Oh, but it is getting old. I need to go back to the original factory you need conditions. You to refurbish your body, wouldn't yeah. it? Yes, that would be exciting. Yeah, I wish okay. I could do that. Well, essentially, that's what you're doing. Yep. Now you get the knees done. You get metal knees. Oh, and God, you get... but then I'll be 95. <laughs> well, but if the recovery is this fast, it's something we could actually do. Because you were kind of shocking the PT guy when you said, well, my ankle doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, when you do PT, they say, make sure it doesn't hurt you. Well, and what, they on say, a scale of 1 to 10. Does it hurt you? And I said, well, not where I had the surgery, but my <laughs> knee sure does hurt. <sighs> so now we need advice about knees, I guess. Yeah, that'll be the next step. In order step. to keep her in operation. So with that, we will turn it back over to next month, and we will say we hope to see you in a campground near us in the end of July or in August. And if you're going to the eclipse, let us know. Somewhere along the 3,000-mile path. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you there. Happy travels and bye for now. Bye.